The Senate has finally released its long-awaited stinker of a border bill. A new study says that hiring based on merit may be unfair. Plus, Joe Biden continues to sink in the polls. All that and more. I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour. And God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Monday. I hope you had a great weekend. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with the long-awaited border security bill that has been negotiated with the White House and a team of bipartisan establishment sellouts in the Senate. Here's some of the details. It's a total package of $118 billion. And of that, and remember, Americans in recent poll after poll are ranking the border crisis as the number one issue even over the economy. Of that $118 billion, $60 billion is earmarked for Ukraine. $14 billion is set aside for aid for Israel. Oh yes, and $20 billion goes to border security. So wait a second. The $118 billion border security bill has $20 billion for border security. That's right. But that's not all. Trust me, it gets worse. There's another $10 billion set aside for humanitarian aid to Gaza, the West Bank, and other regions. It's just business as usual. The urgent, groundbreaking bill has three times more money set aside for Ukraine than our own border, 60 billion compared to 20. It's just nonsense. This bill should address the border, period. No funding for Ukraine, not in this bill, not in any bill if you ask me. As far as Israel, I'm a huge supporter for a number of reasons, both strategic and diplomatic, but they are handling themselves just fine, and discussion of Israeli aid can wait. There, that's $74 billion I just saved the country. In addition, the $10 billion in so-called humanitarian aid for Gaza should not be funded either. This aid would be going from our government to the government over there, and that government is Hamas. Here's some reaction from the Morning Joe crew at MSNBC. House Republican leaders say they won't even bring the bill up oh. for a vote, with Speaker Mike Johnson so saying, quote, it's, this is just it's even worse than yeah, expected. You know, I'm sorry. It, it, what, it, it's, it's just what not. What don't you like? He continues to lie, uh, as Liz Cheney said, and, and he basically admitted he was going around spreading a lie about January the 6th, trying to keep, get people to sign on uh, a, a letter that would continue the lie and help Ken Paxson spread the lie in Texas. Uh, he lied about that, he's lying about this. What a bunch of idiots. Now, a key provision of the bill is a so-called border lockdown that would occur if the US faced 5,000 illegal encounters per day over a seven day period. So what this does in reality is that rather than saying no one, not one person should be allowed to cross into the United States illegally, we're not only going to allow it but we'll allow up to 5,000 per day. In addition, there's no guarantee that even after 5,000 per day that the border would be shut down because Biden could just refuse to do it. This limit is actually just an incentive for people to keep coming. Asylum seekers, and we know the vast, vast majority of those coming illegally are not true asylum seekers, would be provided expedited hearings. But those hearings would still be months away which is still plenty of time to disappear into the country. No one should vote for this. All this bill did was reveal once again that there is an establishment wing of the Republican Party 
who does not have the best interest of everyday Americans at heart. If Mitch McConnell wants you to support a bill, you can likely bet that it's garbage. This is one of those bills. All right, next let's talk about the fallout from hiring the most qualified. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Okay, next let's talk about a new study that was just released by the American Psychological Association, which focuses on hiring practices. Now imagine you're a small business owner or even a CEO of a large company. You want to be competitive. You want to make a profit. You want to create quality products or deliver an outstanding service. So as you're staffing up, do you want to hire the most qualified people? The answer seems obvious, but remember, this is 2024 where men can give birth, white people can be excluded from company or government events, and diversity and inclusion are designed to exclude and have absolutely no diversity of thought or ideas. Well, the American Psychological Association claims that selecting the most qualified applicants for a job could be unfair. As reported by the New York Post, the study argues that hiring the most qualified candidate could contribute to more inequality. Quote, Fairness heuristic theory suggests that as long as people consider selection processes such as hiring and promotion to be merit-based and fair, they may continue to accept ever-increasing levels of income inequality. Yet in reality, inequality and merit-based decisions are deeply intertwined, end quote, the study noted. If this sounds like more diversity, equity, and inclusion, or critical race theory propaganda, then you would be exactly right. The study notes that, quote, Socioeconomic advantages and disadvantages early in life can have profound influences on educational achievement, test scores, work experiences, and other qualifications that form the basis of merit-based selection processes, end quote. My response is, yes, of course it does. But that's why we fix education. That's why we go back to the great American melting pot. Diversity-driven policies have failed. And now this study wants you to actually feel bad for hiring the most qualified person. Case in point is this portion of the study which reads, quote, in our work, we show that it does not take much for people to update their fairness perceptions of meritocracy and be more supportive of policies that foster social class diversity in organizations, end quote. In other words, you should actually feel good about not hiring the most qualified people because you are helping foster diversity. All right. Next, let's talk about Joe Biden and the liberal media panic that is starting to set in regarding Biden's chances for re-election. Ever since the complete failure of Biden's withdrawal from Afghanistan, he has struggled in the polls, and things keep getting worse. Biden's deficit among independents, according to a recent survey, is just shocking. And if that same sentiment holds in November, Trump will be making his way back into the White House. One of our pollsters tells us we are looking at a, quote, presidency in peril. In our poll, Donald Trump now leads Joe Biden by five points. This is the biggest lead NBC has ever had in 16 polls for Donald Trump over Joe Biden. 37% approve and now 60% disapprove. And we should say that is the lowest approval rating since former President George W. Bush's second term. Here's the problem. When polling that poorly, you have to give a counter argument. Yes, surrogates can do some of the talking and the media is just also a mouthpiece of propaganda, but Biden is really the only one 
to make the Biden argument. And he is being kept hidden for fear that Biden will be Biden. Here's some reaction to those poll numbers. That poll is one more reason why Joe Biden can't just avoid interviews and press conferences anymore, like everything's okay. The fact that he's trailing, Carly, Donald Trump by nearly 20 points among independents in that poll says it all. Because if that number holds, he ain't coming close to being reelected, because that will cost him in states that matter. And, and we're talking about Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, North Carolina, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania. He is trailing in all of those swing states, according to a Bloomberg poll, by decisive margins. Joe Concha listed off a number of states where Biden is in trouble, but keep this in mind. Georgia, Arizona, and Wisconsin were all decided by less than 1%. Less than 1%. If every other state that went for Biden stays the same and Trump can get those three, then that's the election. Meanwhile, you have left-wingers like Democrat Hakeem Jeffries living in fantasy land, saying this weekend that the American people are beginning to focus on, quote, Joe Biden's incredible track record of results, end quote. Jeffries also added this. Well, we're going to work very hard to make our case to the American people uh, that we are focused on finding common ground, exercising common sense to deliver the common good and make progress for hardworking American families. If we are able to successfully articulate that vision for the future, people over politics, lower costs, better paying jobs, growing the middle class, safer communities, fixing our broken immigration system, I think we're going to be in a strong position in November to deliver a House Democratic majority. Incredible. Just look at the issues Jeffries focused on. Lower costs, better paying jobs, growing the middle class, safer communities, and fixing the immigration system. If I were the Democrats, I'd find some other issues because they lose on all of them. The border is wide open, inflation is up, real wages are down, and safer communities? Just ask those New York cops about safe communities and Democrat policies. All right, next here's some rapid fire headlines from around the country. I'm gonna start with a school system in the Bay Area of California, which is investing in, in what is being called woke kindergarten. As reported by the Post Millennial, using $250,000 of taxpayer funds, this elementary school program, quote, trains teachers on how to confront white supremacy disrupt racism and oppression, and how to remove those barriers when it comes to learning, end quote. Give me a break. And guess what? The results have been obvious and predictable. Quote, Glassbrook Elementary School in Haywood, California, has been utilizing woke kindergarten for the past two years. Reports show that student achievement has fallen since the school adopted the program. There is one year left on the contract, and teachers are now questioning if the money spent on the program could have gone to better use, end quote. You think? <laughs> Next, in Johnson County, Indiana, the state is installing, quote, translation stations in the government-run schools to help with all students who don't speak English. As reported by the Gateway Pundit, the technology looks like a copy machine where students place tests, notes, flyers, and any other type of document into the machine, and within seconds, the machine translates English into the language of the student's choice. Left-leaning News Nation, also reporting on this technology, says that, quote, being the new kid at school is already hard. Now imagine trying to study in a language you don't understand, but all your classmates do. Some new technology could help bridge that divide, and students in Johnson County will be the first in Indiana to use it, end quote. Here's a novel idea. How about English immersion? Study after study after study has shown that immersion helps students not only quickly learn English, 
but it helps with overall learning in the long run. America is just not some huge landmass. It's a country with a culture and a language, and that language is English. And finally, I just wanted to pass along an update on the sweet cakes case that never seems to end and which shows the growing hostility the government has against Christianity. Always keep in mind that the Marxist mindset is anti-God in general and anti-Christian in particular. With Christianity, there are rules and norms and moral standards, and Marxism seeks to tear that all down. In Oregon, the case of the Sweet Cakes Christian Bakery is set for yet another appeal after the state labor board imposed another fine on the Christian couple. Originally, the fine was $135,000, but then the Supreme Court ruling on a Colorado Christian business forced Oregon to reconsider the Sweet Cakes case. Instead of siding with the Christian couple, the fine was still imposed, but at a, at a reduced amount. Thus, the couple is still fighting a system which will promote and celebrate all kinds of beliefs and activities, no matter how depraved, but will lash out at Christian families for professing their beliefs. Let's, ho let's hope this next appeal closes the case for good. Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And remember, today's show's one sheet is available to Patreon supporters using the link in the description. The one sheet gives you links to all the videos and stories used on today's show, so you can dive even deeper into each issue. And with that, our next show will be Wednesday evening at the usual time. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.